and welcome back to episode 91 of the Weekly Tech Rant with me, Jay. And me, Cole. So, coming from to you live from an undisclosed location, somewhere closer to Apple HQ than you are, Carl, but, uh, you know... <laughs> Somewhat closer. <laughs> Somewhat closer. I mean, to the right side of the world, for a start. <laughs> yes, yes, but like I said, you, shh, undisclosed location, but what I can tell you is... It is sunny here the morning time whilst you're in the afternoon, and that's where we'll leave that. So we are back for our yearly Dub Dub special. It has been one hell of a show in terms of the lineup. Uh, I don't think they could have uh, stopped after an hour. They probably could have gone for three, maybe, given the amount of stuff they were talking about. What do you think? There was an awful lot of stuff. I don't know. Part of me, it looked very like a very consumer rather than developer-focused event uh but then again they kept bringing up that pretty much every feature they were introducing had an api so that developers you know could bring those features to the apps but uh yeah it was it was very much like a, an iphone launch event it was very consumer focused i do you know what i had to say i agree with you that you know i i was unfortunate i couldn't watch it live as uh, as you were but thanks to the the power of technology i was getting updates and i caught up on the live stream and watched that as well and read some of the the commentary from other other people in in the tech industry and i think you're right it it did feel as you say more like a product launch event as opposed to a dev conference that i think in the past they would have been more more focused perhaps on some of the capabilities yeah. on some of the um the software aspects but here it's just like shiny thing shiny thing shiny thing api shiny yeah. thing shiny thing api it's uh, a, <laughs> uh, a new shiny thing <laughs> But I'm not going to complain because there was a ton of stuff talked about. Um, we have got a lot to cover today. We've uh, we've pulled out some of the best bits, what we think of the show. Um, so covering into three areas, we're going to talk about the software aspects today, from everything from iOS 16 through to CarPlay. And, well, yeah, a little bit more on that coming in. Obviously, the M2 chip, which was a bit of a surprise from some angles. I don't think some commentators were expecting an M2 so soon, but I think it does make sense given where they're releasing and the, the product cycle. And we've got, uh, we're going to cover alongside that um, in the software section, some of the other kind of features that were released, which tie into iOS, uh, iPad OS, et cetera, as well. So let's kick off then with, with the first one, which is iOS 16. And of course, as the day is long and the sun shines, there will always be new versions of iOS announced in a dub dub and the phone will follow, of course, in September. But iOS 16 has had a one hell of an overhaul, hasn't it? It has, and obviously a lot about of what we discuss now for OS 16 will also be in iPad OS and vice versa. We've just yep. split it up this way. So uh, obviously starting with the the new lock screen, they they spent a lot of time talking about this. So I mean, the lock screen on iOS has always been a bit bland. Bland, <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's go with bland uh, for numerous years. Uh, it's functional, we'll call it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so now we're getting what we get. We're getting. Um, cool new kind of animated pictures layering effects on those pictures where you can separate like the foreground from the background and then put the time between the two so they overlap you'll be able to change the fonts uh, the colors of the text and time um very similar to kind of how you uh, customize a watch face on um on watch os uh, i think so yeah widgets widgets uh, finally gonna get widgets but I, yeah, I was going to say, widgets, the widget thing kind of makes me chuckle because they introduced the widgets, didn't they, with iOS 15, and people were using those on the, the main display, weren't they, and you could customise them. Yeah. But these widgets that they they showed on the screenshots and uh, the demos, um, 
I don't know, a little bit odd, aren't they? They look they look like the watch face widgets. Or is that just me? Am I just maybe um, just yeah, they look like complications, don't they? That's from, from that's the word face. I couldn't think thank you. I couldn't think of the, the word complications, that's it, yeah. Complicated, yeah. I think is the right way to look at it. But there's an API again for this. So do, you know, other developers who are able to create their own widgets. I don't know how much freedom they have and how many widgets you can have. I mean they only really showed a bar underneath the uh the time uh, with like three or four different ones in there. Um, but hopefully they can be more elaborate than that. Yeah, I think they will. I mean, I, I have to say, given given that we've only got the screenshots, obviously I haven't downloaded iOS 16 yet. I'm brave, but I'm, I'm not stupid. Um, but I, what I do say, I, the screenshots they showed with pictures on the front, I love the way that the the time sits behind the images. Did you notice that on some of the pictures? They yeah, have, that's like, that layering effect with the, yeah. with the photos where you can separate the Brilliant. front and the back and then put text behind it. It looked very cool. It looks really cool. As you say, you've got the widget bar there that pops up. I think it's so you can have uh, the different blocks there. So the you can yeah. move the pictures, you say, for the widgets. You can have multiple widgets in those blocks um, and you can have them. And I think, I don't know how many, they did say somewhere, I think, how many... Uh, how many can be added into a block? Wasn't it? It was several, you know. Oh, but I, I must it have is missed that one. The the, the personalization, though, I think it's brilliant. And the, the other thing as well is the the flow now has changed. So notifications are coming in from the bottom end of the screen, aren't they? Now they, opposed yeah. to popping up. Um, and, and you've got I, that um, live activities, say, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. So the live activities. I, I'm trying to work out this. So this is for notifications. Like, they kind of like temporary widgets aren't they so if you have a notification about um, i don't know your food order for example it can kind of pop right. a temporary widget up that will track where your food order is until it arrives then once it's arrived and been delivered it the, the widget kind of disappears off that was it they, what did they call it live activities wasn't it that was it um That's and I, one, yeah. I i got a quote here because i saw it uh, apple said this was for creating compact and glanceable experiences <laughs> oh, oh, i see um, but look, that that API though, is, um, yeah. just a quick point that the the API for that live activities will not be on, will not be available at launch. No, that's coming a bit later in the year, isn't it? Yeah, which is similar to what they did if you remember with the the share play thing. That yes, only turned up a little while ago, didn't it? So, but it, carry on. Yeah, sorry, little, carry on. Time to bake. Um, yeah. <laughs> no worries. I was just saying the only other kind of thing I saw that affected the lock screen was uh, focus mode. So that's now coming to the lock screen as well. And focus mode is where you can set up. I suppose you have a focus mode for work, kind of that only shows notifications right. and apps around work and one for home. But that will now flow on to the, the lock screen as well and affect what you can see there. Yeah. So again, isn't it? So you can have the different lock screens, as you say, the different focuses. I don't know. Do you yeah. do, have you used focus much? I typically don't. No. Uh, the only one I tend to use through automatic is driving focus. You know, so that automatically. Say, I don't use that because I've got so, CarPlay, so I just have bits pop up. Yeah, but when mm. so when I'm in the car, it does it automatically. So when my car connects to CarPlay, it puts it in driving focus mode. Oh, okay. Mine doesn't. I must have disabled that one. And what I've noticed is is that. Because of the ecosystem, let's say I've been out of the car, I get back in the house, I walk to my laptop, and my Mac is in driving focus mode. <laughs> till I lock back, <laughs> till I sign back in, of course, and it's like, oh no, you're not driving, so uh, yeah, oh. we'll put you in a, we'll put you mode. But yeah, and I think I used, I think I used to, obviously, do not disturb kicks in as well after 10 p.m. Yeah, um, that's the only one I use because it, it, yeah, it replaced do not disturb mode in it. So yeah, one for night time that comes in at like, I know 10 o'clock or 10 30 then turns off at eight in the morning or whatever. That's right. So obviously that's you know some of the locks being there for and the other thing, was it me or do the fonts look different? It looks bolder. Or am I just imagining that? 
Well, you can change the fonts on the lock screen. Uh, I don't ah, know about yes, home that's, screen. That, yeah, that's right. Thank you. That's why, because it, it was looking at that's right. You can, that's right. You can do the font and color, can't you? So there's a color picker yeah. um, and the thing. You know, I was looking at it for ages. I was like, that that time, you know, because obviously they were different. I can't yeah, figure out what. <laughs> that's right. They, uh, because the 941 time is that they always use. And I'm like, that looks really bold. <laughs> you know, yeah, when I look at my screen right now. Yeah. It does look very good. So what other features to be getting? Because there was a load of under the hood um, changes well, as well. Wasn't finally, iMessage is getting some overhaul. I mean, iMessage hasn't changed in forever, really. I mean, we're not getting much. We're getting an edit button finally. So you can edit those messages and you can even, it's saying recall, but we'll just call them delete. So edit and delete messages. Uh, you've got to mark friends as unread. I think there's some share play enhancements coming in to make it easy to start those uh, share play sessions from iMessage itself. Um, there were some cool new features with the dictation stuff. Now, I don't really use it that much, apart from when I'm in the car to dictate messages. But it's yep, just so. about having some kind of hybrid, wasn't it? So you can have the keyboard open and while still dictating. So you can be dictating, you can use the keyboard to select a word or a sentence it got wrong and re-dictate. Uh, a kind of mix and mash. Then, yeah, I mean, there were some cool features with that dictation. Um, it's going to get enhancements. So when you're doing longer sentences, it's going to start putting punctuation in and stuff like that for your long messages. Um, yeah, so a nice little improvement to iMessage, I think. Yeah, the edit button was kind of a made you made you kind of like raise your eyebrows, like edit button. Okay, that's interesting, isn't it? You know, uh, WhatsApp style feature there, isn't it? Uh, well, no, it WhatsApp is. doesn't have it. What does it? I can't no, remember. It does have uh, Teams. 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 Sorry. No, sorry. It's I was coming th- to WhatsApp, isn't it? That's right. It is. It's too. coming to WhatsApp, and it's the fabled, you know, the edit button for Twitter that, like, you know, uh, the rainbow at the end of the the gold at the end of the rainbow may you exist, it may it. not. Um, but you're right. I think it's pretty good. The dictation piece made me. I was kind of like, yeah, that's good. It kind of reminded me of the old days of Dragon naturally speaking. You know, adding punctuation in oh, and, and that yeah. kind of stuff. I had that on my PC. I remember. Yeah. That. <laughs> um, but the other most the other thing I saw there as well was the live text uh, now works oh, with video, video, isn't it? So, so live text, if you remember from iOS 15, allowed you to take a picture, wasn't it, over you know static image, and then I use that all the time. The camera would allow you know read, wasn't it? It's quite clever. But now you can do it in video, so you can stop and on any frame, uh, and then any text that's in that frame will now show up uh, and allow you to uh, look at you know translation. Um, and yeah. also, uh, you can also do I think what was the example they gave? It was copying code or something, wasn't it? Randomly, yeah, copying code from a tutorial video, yeah. That was it, yeah. Which I thought was kind of like, okay, we're in a dev conference. You've got to bring it back, I suppose. Um, yeah, but yeah I, mean, the... I say I use that with the actual photos all the time for dragging phone numbers out of it or text. Not necessarily for translation, but just copying text and stuff out of photos quite often. Uh, so, yeah, it'd be cool to have it in video. And what was the other thing was that they had like a lasso tool, didn't they, as well? So you can like select oh, uh, images. Yeah, that's to do with the photo stuff, isn't it? So, yeah, you can press down on maybe a person within a photo. And it will intelligently select just the person and allow you to copy that, just that person or that object, whatever you said, straight into a message or a note or whatever it, you know, you're know you putting it in. Loads and loads of new features. I mean, you know, I, I was thinking, you know, when we said last week that iOS hmm. 16, and he said 15, sorry, iOS 16 was going to be more of a cosmetic overhaul. But actually, I think they've gone yeah, far deeper than that. There's some dangerous stuff. I mean, did you see the bit on family photo albums? Well, I was just coming to that, yeah. So that was the bit I was coming to next was around some of the family changes, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounded great, but the more I thought about it, the more I was like, oh. So, yeah, and currently we do something similar. We have uh, we have an iCloud account and we have all our family in there and we have a, 
a shared album called Family Photos Between Us. But you have to, same, uh, same. You, yeah, so you have, but you actually have to send the photos to that album. You know, That's right. Yeah, send your personal one, but you you send them to the shared family album. So they're now bringing in a, a cloud shared photo uh, for your family uh, album, so that you can send photos directly there from within the camera. So within the camera itself, you'll have a drop down at the top. Uh, your personal albums, your family ones. If it, you select the family one, and you can choose that as default if you want to. Every photo you take will go directly to the family album and not your personal one. That could be dangerous. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm not yeah. suggesting anything of uh, you know of anything of a uh, an unsavory nature. That's not what I meant. I just meant sometimes no. you might be taking pictures of something that you don't want to share with everybody. You know, um, yeah, you don't want to necessarily have the kids see. Not because it's you know. Uh, of a of a you know a PG thirteen nature yeah <laughs> but sometimes this might be something might be let's say I know as a parent you you're out and you see something you think oh that'd be a great gift for one of my kids you take a picture of it to send to your other half uh, and then that pops up in the family album they're like I said dad what's this you know my new shiny Xbox whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just, you know it it I know it's a it random one but and I know there there are some not safeguards but there are, there are kind of rules and you could put in place like it'll only share those photos automatically if all the participants were in the same vicinity at the same time and stuff like that. Actually, yeah, I need, I need to play with this one and see how it'll work, but uh, it's not something I'm going to be turning on straight away, I don't think. No, and I, you know, I do like the idea of because you know, when I look at iCloud, similar to you said, it is the main repository for all of our family photos these days. And you know, and I, I was looking this morning on my Mac here. And I've got nineteen, no, sorry, thirteen. I spread that thirteen thousand nine hundred thirty-three photos and nearly three hundred plus videos in my iCloud library. You know, and wow. a lot of there's a lot of albums in there. I've got you know, I use the use the feature to um, identify people. Um, so you know, picks the kids, and it's kind of like for for our kids. You know, their whole life is there. You know, the whole of their from from birth to, to, to school, to everything, you know, their, their existence is there. So I think having ability to share that and as the children join that ecosystem as well, giving them access yeah. to it to ensure that is a great way, but you're right. It's got to be managed properly. It's got to be accessed. Um, now, I wonder if there's still that, that issue. Cause I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be a limit on the number of photos or videos you can put in there. Cause we're on the family album free now, because you seem to get to around four or 5,000 photos or videos. Right, and you can't upload anymore to a shared album, but you never get a message. They just never upload. That's curious. I, I don't think we've got that many in our family one because I think I was, I was quite selective in what I was putting in that to, to share. But uh, mm. yeah, okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, you never got an error message, and but they just ne- they they showed for you, but never for the other people. Or vice versa, whoever uploaded it showed for. So you don't have creating another album, hence why we're on family album free. But four's around the corner because we've just we've just hit the four thousand photos mark. So uh, I'll probably just create another one so we don't lose any. <laughs> <laughs> so there were a few other features uh, mentioned then with, with less. So one of them, of course, I wanted to mention was the mail. So uh, so the mail app's getting yep. overhaul as well, isn't it? So now you're getting features that you get in kind of uh, enterprise mail apps. So things like scheduling of emails, the ability to do yep. recall as well, which again is kind of a standard feature with Outlook, isn't it? If you if anybody you know use Outlook, it is. Yeah. There's also a reminder feature and a follow up as well, which again uh, is similar to how Andy. Microsoft Outlook works today. If you anybody uses what they call the new Outlook, um, those features are, are there as well. So. I'm kind of like, again, very handy. 
things that you know i don't know about you when i'm using my phone they're kind of stuff that i want to have because you know i send a lot of email from my phone and have to some of those features but and i don't always necessarily want to have to install another mail app you know well so i use the outlook one because it was just easier for me to work because i use a lot more advanced features of outlook which are never ever going to come to safari i'm sorry to ios mail uh, things like categorization and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, it won't be for me, but it's nice to see that the, the, you know, the default has improved. No, I, so I'm with you. I use Outlook uh, on my Mac for my personal and my business email, of course. Uh, and I yeah. use the Outlook app on my phone just purely for my business email because I didn't want to didn't want another app, so to speak, to have. But I get where you're. I get where you're coming from. And yeah, I think they're not always like you say. It's going to be something you're going to run yourself. But the fact that those capabilities there is good. So, kind of then the other part was um, there was a one thing I want to talk about, um, and then you sorry you mentioned as well um, when we do the, the notes was there is the the safety piece as well, isn't it? But we'll come back to I think that in a yeah. second because also there were some other updates along um, Apple Pay, wasn't there? Uh, Wallet and uh, Maps as well always got yeah. over all got uh, updates too. Well, yeah, the big one for me we got Face ID will now work in landscape mode on the phone. That's kind of a random one, don't you not think? It's a random, it's just an annoying thing that unless your phone is definitely uh, horizontal, a portrait, Face ID doesn't work. But it does on an iPad, the Face ID. doesn't matter which way you have your iPad, it just works. Yeah, it does just work. You are right. Yeah, it must be some kind of software angle. It doesn't. It? So it, it is. So uh, finally, that's going to work on iOS 16. Um, what else did we get? So I saw a cool little one actually from a not from the main session, but from a developer session, right. about um, apps being able to trigger real-world actions. This is about kind of automation in the background. So I'm not 100% sure how this one works, but basically you can walk into a room and the phone knows you've walked into a new room. It can then, maybe it's your gym, and it can then start playing your workout music, for example. How does that All about you interacting, and the app doesn't need to be open or in focus. It's using something they call um, Nearby Interaction Framework. It uses Bluetooth LE. So Hang on, is that iBeacons? Of, I think this is an evolution of iBeacons and also using um, ultra-wideband. Yeah, because iBeacons obviously is nothing new. That came out 10 years ago, didn't it, iBeacons it is, technology? Yeah. But uh, in the ability, as you say, detection. But you're right, this has got to be an evolution app because how else would the phone be able to be aware of its location uh, without some without something telling it. And as you say, ultra-wideband technology, so there's a, I don't know, something installed somewhere, isn't it? Uh, it's communicating. Mm. Your phone picks it up, as you say, the app launches or the app plays. But it's a nice feature. I, I could see that being abused. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we'll see how it works out. So it wasn't in the main event. It was in one of the dev sessions I picked up on the news earlier. So I'm keen to see more on that. I mean, some of those work already. I mean... I've I've seen that before with apps pop up, don't they? Um, in some stores and stuff like that, again with the iBeacon feature, you know things like that. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you get time sensitive notifications. And like for travel, you know the the wallet app pops up your boarding pass, which mm. then says do you yeah. want to launch the the app. So there are kind of ways to means that, but it's quite an interesting one. I'll give you that. Uh, the other thing I saw was maps. And maps now got a bit of an overhaul in it. So there's now a new map kit. Um, updates so devs can add in you know more and more images there are server-side ip upgrades uh, api excuse me upgrades um the ability to add 
more of the Apple map capabilities into your own apps as well. Um, so if you're, yeah. I guess, if you're building something that leverages the map. Also, now you can do 15-stop trips, which I thought was like, what? And then I kind of realized what they meant was like, if you're planning like a long, I guess, a long road trip or something, isn't it? You road can add in. across America, yeah. yeah. Uh, the other one I saw was the news app as well. So the news app's getting an ability to follow your sports team. So I'm surprised it didn't have that already. For it proves how much I use it. Uh, so you can now follow oh, yeah. your own favorite teams, and it'll it'll bring in highlights of that, and it'll also apparently link to the Apple TV app as well to show you content or oh, okay. um, things like that as well. So I guess that's I mean, quite cool. Baseball. Uh, yeah, it's baseball. Yeah. Well, uh, where I am at the moment is the NBA finals at the moment. So I'm guessing that would be something you oh, could follow. It? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, of course, was uh, around Apple Wallet, wasn't it? And managing things like oh, the transit yes. cards, uh, the ability to do uh, Apple Pay order tracking as well. So you can have like receipts information, uh, Apple tracking yeah. of Apple Pay purchases. Um, the transit card allows will now update and show you whether your balances are low. So if you've got a transit card where you have to top up, you'll now be able to see that balance um, on screen. Uh, and if you've got enough to do the trip you're taking as well, isn't it? That's right, yeah. So where I am at the moment, um, I... I went to get so when I when I when I landed here, I got you get the the transit system, and you have to buy a card, you know, to use on the transit system. Right. Um, and I've always picked up a a card because you 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 pay, you know, you just it's just like uh, in the, on the London system, you know, the Oyster card sort of equivalent. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, but of course, I forgot where I was, and of course, this is the home of Apple, and you could, yeah, I could have yeah, used yeah. my phone as a tra- as a virtual transit card you know like with uh, the way we do in London you oh, know nice. where we just tap and go and I was like afterwards I was like don't that could have saved me three dollars but that's another story um <laughs> <laughs> so there's another thing apparently Apple also said didn't they they said that Apple Pay uh was going to be yeah. available in millions of that was their words not mine of stores that will no that will no longer require updates to their payments terminals which but they didn't really elaborate on that they did they no, they did not. No, they spent more time. Talk, talk, more time talking about their uh, buy now, pay later scheme. Well, I was just going to say that before we kind of move on to the the safety check because I think they probably go hand in hand if you ask me. So yes, yeah, so Apple yeah. now talking about the as you say, uh, Apple Pay buy now, pay later system, which has yeah. garnered some pretty negative views from some areas, hasn't it? Um, because yeah, there's a big worry around buy now, pay later. Um, now, if you're familiar with that services, names like Klarna, uh, Clearpay, whatever, Layaway, whatever, are all similar things, aren't they? That allow yeah, you to yeah. pay for things, um, you know, whether that be a purchase of a new pair of trainers, sneakers, whatever you want to call it, clothes through to other things. And of course, you don't need to have a credit check in some of these services, do they? Um, nope. And then you, you can pay later. And there are worries from some areas of society that this is fueling a boom in a debt problem, which I can kind of understand, especially in the younger generations of like accessible credit. Uh, so for Apple to come out and do this and add it to their system, I suppose is and is probably a natural evolution of their pay of their pay capability. It, it is. It is. Um, it, it's slightly different from the other ones. Obviously, it's interest free. Um, it's only over six weeks. It's yes, four payments over six weeks. Payments. So it's a very, very short term. Um, doesn't require any integration from the person you're buying from. As long as they support Apple Pay, uh, then you just do it with them. When you double-click to do your payment, you choose buy now, pay later, and it's job's done. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Apple's now becoming a bank or a lender, I, I suppose. But how are they making money out of this if it's interest-free? 
<laughs> so or yeah, is it a loss leader just to get you to use Apple Pay more. <laughs> My view is probably that. So it's according to according to the sources and information I've read. So it's powered by Mastercard, but you know Mastercard system. Oh, okay. So yeah. so anywhere anywhere that Apple Pay is available, and I caveat this in the US only at the moment is available both on your device and in applications as well. So if your app supports That's Apple US Pay. US only, is it? Because it didn't show that in the event. There was no, no star, no so I went off and, only yeah. US. Mm. So I went off and did some research, and uh, they apparently it is only US at the moment. Um, and as you said, it requires no work from the merchant at all. Um, and then, of course, what this uses is the Apple Pay order tracking that was announced in kind of alongside it, isn't it? So it allows you to then track that. And uh, according to um, Apple, uh, it's also integrated with Shopify at the moment, uh, which again is a US-based okay. system. Isn't it? Um, and again, nothing else. Underwriting it, as far as I can tell, is Goldman Sachs. Okay, so it's not Apple doing it themselves because they bought no. that kind of credit checking agency, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Or platform, I should say. Yeah. So it is. It is interesting. Apparently, I didn't know this. Amazon have also now offered a buy now pay later uh, in the US via um, a company called Affirm, um, who I'd not heard of, but they're similar to Klarna uh, and other other offerings. Amazon will do that in the UK. Yeah, but I didn't know they were doing it in the US in a kind of a already. Ah, right. Yeah, the UK. You're right. I have seen that, but in the um, in the UK, Amazon, it doesn't appear to be... Well, the, the wording doesn't suggest that it's any third party, does it? It just says Amazon, doesn't no, it? No, it's you Amazon can... themselves. I can't remember, is it free payments or yeah. five payments? I can't remember what it is. I have seen it as I've you know, gone to buy stuff. Yeah, uh, again, yes. again, that's interest-free as well. So it's very tempting for people to do, but it's. I don't think it's just a can't blanch on any, anything. It's kind of Certain selective products. when they do it. Yeah. yeah. I, and as you say, I mean, it is very popular. And I have to be honest with you, it's also very tempting. But I think the problem is, if I dare say so myself, yeah. it does it does um, factor in some concern because, you know, it's too easy, isn't it, sometimes to hit that? Um, Especially after a few drinks. <laughs> yes, you should. Yes, 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 yeah. Anyway. You never go uh, late night shopping after drinks. <laughs> no, no. Anyway, we, we better move on because we could be here all day. So the other thing that iOS yeah. 16 introduced was the safety check system, wasn't it then? So do you want to take was, us away yes. with that? Uh, I could do that. Sorry, the safety check or the security response one. Which one are we talking about? Uh, safety check wasn't it? like the the safety check um, personal personal safety yes. features that it, came. This is when they can announce. Yes, yeah, say to improve on your personal safety. Uh, and they were highlighting people in abusive relationships or who are trying to make a clean break from partners. Those kind of things. I suppose it's just a really central, easy way that you can click one button and log yourself out of. Every other device has got iCloud on it. Uh, reset all your permissions on your app. So if they're app tracking, for example, if you're using something like a, is it Life360 where you can use... Oh, yeah, yeah. Create a group and everyone can see where you are to kind of reset the, the permissions around that to really kind of close all that off so people can't track you, they can't uh, see what you're doing, they have don't have access to your accounts anymore, all that kind of stuff. So uh, I think it's something you could do before. Most definitely, this is just a nice, easy way to bring it, tie it all together, and make it very, very simple. Definitely, and I think you should say the one of the things they showed on the screens, wasn't it, was the sharing with people. So it shows all the people that you're yeah. sharing location with, uh, you're sharing calendars with, you're sharing in that, and you can you 
remove them straight away or, or block them, as you say, through this button press. Um, and it kind of you know, it does make you wonder, like the the emergency reset capability, where basically it locks you out of everything, um, stops coming into hat, yeah. stops messages showing, doesn't it, on the device, that kind of stuff. I, I can only think, and I hate to say this, just I had visions of the US and you know people being uh, their devices because before you could stop, couldn't you, where you press the power button at certain times and it um, removes the biometric stuff, doesn't it? So you can't your fingers or your yeah, yeah, yeah. face id um you know for the average person in the street the ability to emergency reset and lock yourself out of all of your sessions is probably something we'd never need to do um unless your device was stolen that's just a different scenario but the ability if you were arrested or something you know i just again came things that popped into my was like you know journalists you know <laughs> you know who are who are picked up by authorities and want to like protect their sources yeah, yeah. it was but you know in a more serious point um Given the backlash that they had over the AirTag launch, wasn't it, and the stalking capabilities, yeah. um, this is probably a, a welcome a welcome addition to the privacy um, and Definitely. security aspects of the of iOS and the iPad. But yeah, great feature there. Cool. So uh, should we move on to iPadOS? Because yeah, again, a lot of similarities there. But let's talk about some of the key features because again, a lot of the iOS 16 stuff will port over, won't it? Will do. Right. Stop the press. After okay, many stopped. many years. <laughs> An outcry. I mean, we are getting a weather app on the iPad, a native weather app by Apple. Uh, uh, just going to let that uh, sink in for you there. No calculator, just a weather app, though. Don't get too excited. Uh, uh, oh, <laughs> I was building up to that. I was like, uh, uh, no, no, no. Which basically, no. basically looks like the iOS weather app, doesn't it? <laughs> it is. It's just on a bigger screen. And why it's taken this many years? Why couldn't we have the calculator at the same time? What I don't get is though, why couldn't they just launch that last year? Why wasn't it in there in the beginning for both of those apps? I don't know. There was. I remember re- the calculator. There is a there's a there is a whole um, reason there isn't a calculator on there. Um, I can't remember, isn't it? There is. I can't remember something to do with it. Um, I remember reading, I'm sure I read somewhere once before, was why there was no calculator app on the iPad. And it was something to do with Steve Jobs. Um, and the original, <laughs> I don't know, I think it's, you know, it's some kind law of... law with an Apple. There'll be no calculator, otherwise you lose your job. There's some, yeah, there's some rumour, I don't know, it's probably a complete urban legend. But apparently there's some urban legend that I think that when they were, when they were demoing it, um, Steve Jobs hated the fact that they'd just blown up the iphone calculator onto the ipad and it apparently didn't it looked too stupid because it was too big um it was massive because it just looked overinflated and he was like you know that's terrible you can't just it just looks like a, you know fisher price kiddies toy <laughs> you know and apparently that's they've never changed yeah, that it's but, in scientific mode to start off with yeah i don't know that's probably that's probably not quite the story but it, it's funny anyway but yeah so we got weather out there what else did we get because they brought in some other key features in there as well they did stage manager oh, yes this makes sense to me on the iPad. It does not on the Mac, but we'll talk about that one when we get to Mac. Um, so how do we... Exp- so basically, Stage Manager, finally, for the iPad, is enabling uh, windowed apps and full support for external displays, which aren't just a mirror of your normal display. But Stage Manager's a bit odd. I'm trying to think how we explain this one. It's, I suppose it's really app groupings you can group a load of apps together into a group uh, obviously it's grouping um, and switch between those groups by clicking these huge icons on a new bar down the left hand side of the display um, 
it's very hard to explain it. It's one of those ones you'll need to go and see, and we'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, show notes. Yeah. So I, I, it took me a while to wrap my head around this as well. And like you say, what it looks like, you say, went to the to kind of visualize this for the moment. I guess you know, for, as this is yeah. video, um, is you've got an external display connected to your iPad, and as you say, you've got the dock at the bottom. On the left-hand side, you've got these groups, haven't you? Like almost like mini screenshots. But I it's guess not uh, just on external displays, you can do this no, on the iPad as well. Display, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I guess for to kind of carry those two things on, I tell you what it reminded me of. You know, on Windows 10, um, when you is it Alt Tab, um, and you can the similar isn't it where you can flip through the windows on is it I can't remember if it's Alt Tab or the other one on or, uh, or Windows or Tab where you can it shows all of the slightly different. Alt Tab is your traditional uh, task yeah. What's the, what's the other one? The, the other tabs. It brings up mini pictures of all your that's things. It. That's what out, I meant. Yeah, yeah. Displays. You can see your virtual desktops and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, right? so it kind of maybe it looks a bit like that—the little grouping of all the open applications, doesn't it? In, in a yeah, pile there. It does. Um, but it just looks clunky. It just looks so clunky. It um, it's jarring. It doesn't fit in with the rest of the uh, no, design no. of the OS. Um, it doesn't. But the fact that I think that what's to kind of take something positive away from it, though, the ability yeah. to use a second screen with your iPad and have that second screen display different windows to what is on your iPad yeah. is a game changer for the iPad. I'm not talking about game changer in technology, but of course, a game changer for the iPad. So realistically, now you, you can yeah. you take your iPad, use it as a personal computer if you've got maybe a mouse and a keyboard with it or the trackpad um, yeah. case. And you can leverage that second screen to show different content and work effectively. Because at the moment, as you said, it's just a mirror. That is not, that's not a good experience, is no. it, really? I mean, there are some limitations and some big limitations. Uh, so you can only have up to eight apps or windows. And it, well, and it supports up to 6K on your uh, external space. That's not really a limitation. The big limitation is you're going to need an M1 powered iPad for this. I, yeah, that's about, that's even if you don't want the external display, even if you just want the app windows and multitasking, you still need an M1. So we won't be able to test this anytime soon because we don't have M1 iPads, and that's a big cost increase just to test that feature out. <laughs> but it starts to justify why they put the M1 in the iPad, I suppose. Some of these key oh, features, isn't it? Um, and also, again, the 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 M1 powered. Um, iPads, I'm about to say Mac then, iPads of course can power up external displays up to 6K okay. um, yeah. so you get 8 apps can be displayed simultaneously 4 on the iPad, 4 on the external display Yeah. and of course what they demoed if you haven't seen the keynote, they demoed using the um, uh, what they call it, uh, I want to say Office style apps, isn't it? Pages a keynote, those yeah. kind of things and, you know, and that's what, well. so it's kind of you know it's, it's, it's a good way to use I am interested to see how it works. Um, where will I will, will I use my iPad more as a personal computer? I don't know. I think if this is usable, I can't see why not. Because if I'm using cloud applications and I'm just using email, then actually I'm going to have a lot of the features set here, aren't I? Uh, time will tell. Uh, one thing I wasn't sure if it was M1 specific, but probably not. You can adjust the DPI of the apps. So hopefully it'll fit more information on the screen. So hopefully that'll yeah. work on all iPads. So it will make even on the non-M ones, we can only have what one window side by side. And I'd see more information at once, especially if you've got a larger iPad like you, Jay. You've got the 
Nine, yes, yeah, yes. Mine's uh, what, mine's about three generations old now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, mine's four. So. Uh... <laughs> so, but yeah, it's cool. So we got that then. So we got uh, so additional to uh, new apps as well, didn't we? That came along with. Uh, we did. The, the... We we got those big enhancements to collaboration stuff, didn't we? That's right. So uh, yeah, so there was a real push this time throughout the event about collaboration. Um, so you know you'll be able to start collaborating directly from office apps and when i say office apps i mean apple's ones not microsoft so pages sheets that kind of stuff you'll be able to start you'll be able to click the share thing and say right i want to add invite these three or four people or however many people to collaborate on this document they'll all get invited via iMessage they can just click the link in iMessage go straight into a sharing session where you'll all be able to see what everyone's doing as well as where they're looking on the documents so, so office already Office already does this, as in Microsoft it Office does. already has these capabilities, yeah. I was doing this earlier. I had a I had a performance review. It's that time of the year in my work, and we were collaborating on a Word document, me and my manager, together. And you can see what they're doing, what they're typing in real time. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of very much like that. It has some cool uh, ease of use features. So you're able to click the person's icon and see exactly where they are on the page and what they're doing rather than you scrabbling around for it. Um, um, what else do we get there? Freeform. Ah, freeform. Is that, that's a whiteboard, isn't it? I've just, I've just written down whiteboard. But yeah, it's freeform. freeform. It's called right. freeform. Yeah, which is, as you say, it yeah. is a shared. It's a, it's a whiteboard, a shared whiteboard, isn't it? That you yes, can, uh, it is. Collaborate with colleagues on. Again, uh, our friends at Microsoft already had, a, uh, I think, a similar app called Canvas, didn't they? Um, which oh, is Canvas. On, I, yeah, I've got it on my iPad actually. Now I've said that again. Similar capability you can do collaboration with. You know, at the end of the day, Apple again is not innovating here. It's just refining, isn't no, it? No, but it was making it slick, and you could you could jump straight into a FaceTime meeting from within your document to all talk like about that. the document you're working on at the same time. So they've taken it. Say so they haven't introduced anything revolutionary. They've just made it more slick. But and actually, and my it big looks good. But here, so go ahead before I do my butt. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say it does look good. I mean, um, the freeform app. Yeah. It's obviously the key killer here is Apple Pencil support, um, but you can Ooh. drop in. I think they show document types you could drop in, so images, uh, PDFs, other stuff into that canvas as well. But go on, what's your butt? What's but, 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 but? If we're all about collaboration, how does this work on platforms that aren't Apple? Sorry, there are no other platforms. I'm going <laughs> to guess it doesn't, which <laughs> makes collaboration harder because you can't guarantee everyone is in the apple ecosystem like i just there aren't that i don't know what you're on about there are no other ecosystems are there uh, i'm currently recording this podcast from a fictional <laughs> system that does not exist <laughs> it's magic <laughs> <laughs> i'm just talking into the ether and it works um no you are right i think yeah this is the thing this is definitely uh this is a locking capability but, but i don't think that's yeah. going to change anytime soon though is it but no, one of the other things not. One of the other things they did up overhaul was the folder app, wasn't it, or files application uh, for files, iPadOS, yeah. which is looks very, very close now to what you're getting on um, macOS. Uh, there are kind of they called it. They called it their desktop apps, something or other initiative. Yeah. Basically, bring that more advanced desktop features in the apps to the iPad apps, like like you mentioned, the uh, ability to uh, view folder sizes, change file extensions within the file manager. Which is again, if you want to use people use it as a desktop computer or personal computer, you need to have these capabilities there. Though I guess for Apple, this is starting to break some of those covenants, isn't it, that they have where the iPad yes. wasn't 
a desktop computer. It was that kind of space in the middle. But now yeah, it's between your phone and your computer. And yeah, and by doing through, this, do they yeah. stop people from buying computers? I don't think you will. I think there's always going to be a need no. for that. And I think and that's why you're never going to see pure Mac OS or capabilities on iPad no. because you, it, it, it's going to capitalize either or. But it's still, it's good to see. Um, so we saw that, didn't we? So that's the other thing. Uh, what else we get? Stage manager, we talked about oh, freeform, we got weather. Reference color mode for the Yes, for, for the M1. That was for the M1 powered uh, iPads, wasn't it, as it well? It was. Um, support wise, and we didn't mention that on iOS 16. Uh, iOS 16, you're going to need an iPhone 8 or above now. They're chopping off support for the 6S and the 7. Again, again, not surprised by that. Apple are pretty generous, though, in terms of how far back with the hardware support. And you can't have everything. And that's and that's not a dig against anybody else because Android is very similar in that respect. Um, so, you know, you, you're not going to be able to support all kinds yeah. of hardware. So that's it. No, one, exactly. of the, one of the other things that they did get, we didn't talk about this other one, was passkeys, wasn't it? Which I think is probably a good place to cover this. We um, did, yes. So passkeys, uh, pass then. So... Go on. Yeah. I'm saying this is their crack at a pass. Well, not their crack. Password list function yeah. with uh, with Google and Microsoft and the Fido Alliance. But um, yeah, it's their password pass, passwordless logins. So you'll be able to log into websites without providing a username and password, but instead authenticating with touch or face ID. Uh, and I say it's using that framework that the Fido Alliance has already built out there. They're working in conjunction with Google and Microsoft. Uh, though whether this means I can use my iPhone to log into a website on a Windows laptop mm. or in a browser that isn't Safari on my Mac. Who knows? I don't. I'm going to go on a limb and probably say no. But there's no reason you shouldn't be able to if it's using the same framework. But we'll see. It, it, they were scant on details, weren't they? But it did look very, very cool. Uh, it's about time we got away from passwords if we can. Yeah, so there was a couple of the interesting tidbits to this as well, wasn't it? So they're saying that this is not going to be stored in the cloud. So these are going to be stored or hashed locally on the device um, yep. in the same way that they encrypt the biometric data that you use for Face ID or Touch ID. So they're, they're using being... iCloud to sync it between devices. Just yeah, but no, but that's but that's, that's like, but that's no different to sharing a private key like in certificate yes. encryption, isn't it? So, but the actual they're not going to be sharing or storing this in iCloud you know, in any right. other sense. Okay. Um, because I think they're trying to say that if there's a data breach or, you know, there's their fish or whatever, um, you know, the, the physical they did have device. a punt at the other cloud providers, didn't they, with uh, <laughs> cloud-hosted password sharing, yeah. Yeah. But again, I don't usually say this is a good first attempt at where we're going. I like the concept. I, yep. you know... It, it, we're, there are already aspects of this you see coming up on some, you know, some things where it gets you to sign in on your phone. Um, Android does this already. Um, yeah. I've seen several times with Google that with because I've got a Pixel, as we know, you know, it gets me to sign in on the phone to open on the web. I like that. I, yeah, I like that kind of you know secondary factor authentication piece of it um, and do that. And again, because you know so much is on that phone and the ecosystem that I live in. I think it's a, it's a good idea, you know. And if I can if I can use Face ID on my phone to log into something on, on the web, if, because let's say I'm sat at home, I've not got my laptop up as I have now with a camera in front of me, but I've got you know in the docking station, yeah. and I've got my phone next to me. I'd quite happily pick up my phone, look at my phone to unlock you know my password manager yeah. or something like that. I think it's a really good Definitely. concept. Um, but again, you know, we need to see how this works properly and whether or not it extends outside of the Apple ecosystem and applications. That will be the deal breaker. 
It, it will definitely. Yeah. Cool. Right. So, um, watch I OS think, nine. I was just going to say, yeah. Before we go into watch OS uh, nine, oh, yeah. and um, I don't know. I actually uh, let's quickly talk about Mac OS Ventura, I guess first, because okay, um, if that's okay, because I wanted to just mention, I was I, I was going to jump ahead, and I didn't want to throw you. Because uh, I meant to say we didn't talk about rapid response, but it probably makes sense to talk about macOS first, and then we can talk about rapid response. Yeah, of course, of course. So um, the, the headline feature for macOS Ventura, as it's called, <laughs> was Stage Manager. The oh, same one we just talked about. Oh, hang on a iPad. minute. We've been here before, haven't we? <laughs> we have. But this, where it's a bit contrived on iPad, it's really, really contrived on macOS, and just looks so out of place. I think I don't get it on Mac OS. I, I just don't get it. I mean, you've already got a dock. You've already got Mission Control. You've already got virtual desktops. Uh, what are they called? Uh, spaces, isn't it? On Mac I'm OS. Using, I'm, I'm using a virtual desktop to talk to you now. So I've got two, three desktops on my Mac. So One is my work. You've got this app yeah. grouping, haven't you? You've already yeah. got that there. You've already got Mission Control to quickly switch between them or keyboard. I just don't get it. I, I'm not the only one. A lot of Twitter doesn't. Just doesn't get it for Mac no, OS. It it looks hideous. It looks clunky. It it just looks like you know. I I like yeah. small refined applications and icon information. To see these this clunky different app app groups on the left hand side of my screen, just to me, it's like, what the hell are you doing, Apple? I mean, have you run out of ideas here or something? Um, I've always struggled uh, with Windows management on Mac. I don't get it. Windows does it so much better. Yeah, I, and this just is even more bizarre. I it, yeah, to be quite honest with you, it is bizarre. Um, so I mean, stage manager aside, then because I think we could have a whole podcast on talking about how terrible stage we manager is. Um, so what else, what else did we get? We get we got, um, so lovely, nice. I liked it. I really liked this one. Nice improvements to Safari. The uh, sharing groups of tabs with other users, so you can all collaborate on a group of tabs together. If you're planning right, yeah. something, you want to look at this. So that was really, really cool. I like the idea of that one. Uh, obviously, we got pass keys they, they announced. We just talked about this one. I I just presumed was there. Um, FaceTime calls can now be handed off seamlessly between Macs and iDevices. I saw, yeah, I didn't. So that's something that hasn't been there. But now that's a very, very handy. I've used it on um, Teams all the time. I jump from my desktop to my phone. I do the same. Yeah, yeah. Desktop, and it's just seamless. I just thought this was part of handoff anyway in FaceTime, but apparently not. No, not at all. So that's, again, you know, I think a nice feature. Again, you know, nothing new, but refining the experience. Um, there was overhaul as well to Mail as well, the Apple built-in Mail there app. was, yep. Big overhauls there. So, again, giving you better search capabilities, uh, allowing you to schedule a bit similar to the iOS uh, capabilities again. Uh, there's also... A bit like Outlook as well. It does well in out in Microsoft Outlook has a capability. You've probably seen it called Insight, hasn't it? When you look at calendars yes. things like that, um, that tells you whether or not there are attachments or stuff. Well, now Mail does that as well. Um, yep. It also can detect things that if you've added an attachment or you've mentioned in your Mail app, that, oh, please see attachment, but you haven't added not that. Add one, yeah. yeah. So it tells you that as well. Also does a lot about the recover reminders, and again. Um, what I thought was quite was good was about automatic suggestions to follow up on an email if somebody hasn't replied to you, which yeah. I thought was quite cool. Some very good things. Um, my favourite, though, was Apple have finally admitted their webcams are crap. This, oh, so I'm glad you brought this up. This <laughs> is this is hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. It was so, brilliant. What are they, so this is 
continuity camera, isn't it? Is that what it's called? I couldn't quite Com- remember the name. <laughs> but this is an adapter, a MagSafe adapter, to slap your iPhone to the lid of your Mac. It doesn't oh. look very secure, if I'm oh. going to be honest. Oh, my God. Um, and therefore, oh. use your iPhone as a webcam. It'll be a very good webcam. So I've used my iPhone on Windows as a webcam, and it is very, very good. And it enables a lot of other features on, on Mac. So you'll get, um, oh, what's the one where it follows you around the room? I've forgotten the name for it now. Um, stage time? No. Uh, no, um, center stage. Center stage, isn't center it? Center stage, that's what. So that enables center stage. Uh, you can use the the flash on the camera as a kind of temporary like ring the, light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what else? You can do some weird hybrid camera where it shows your face, but then shows what's on your desktop as you're working. So if you're doing a review of something, maybe, and you're fiddling with something on your desk, you can see that as well as you. I think that was using the ultra wide camera, um, and it's wireless. It's all done wireless. I didn't see any wires there. But this yeah, is that Apple. was a Why big admittance that yeah, this is a big admittance that the webcams are rubbish on Mac. But We've all known this, that for many, many years. They are terrible. This is just crazy, though, in my opinion, because this, you know, when I say crazy, Why? crazy as in the web- studio display, and now with your huge, chunking fourteen hundred pound webcam. I mean, this is no different, though, to some respect, to people, the ability from Sony and Canon, etc., who allow you to use your DSLR as a webcam. Um, so you've got, you know, let's be honest, this iPhone sat here in my hand They're now. not correcting for crap webcams on their other products. No, 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 no. Bear with me. I'm going to come around this to that. for professionals. So here, All right, go for it. <laughs> so here you've got, not be funny, you have got here in my hand, same as you've got to your side, uh, my iPhone here with what actually has got some pretty damn good cameras on it hasn't it especially it if you've got yeah. if, if you've got an iphone 13 uh, pro you've got a pretty impressive camera system there so actually why wouldn't you want to leverage that to be honest with you however your point is the same if you've got like if you've got you know uh, the same as i've got my sony dlslr i can use that as a webcam because they're quite high end you and i have both got pretty decent webcams at home uh, that we yep. use on top of our monitors that didn't cost five hundred pounds. No, Dollars, sorry. But the webcam on a Mac is shock- shocking. I cannot lie to you. I have one here. I'm I'm looking at it whilst I'm not on camera. It is terrible. I don't understand, given all of the camera tech that Apple have, why they cannot cannot build in a decent webcam to the Mac. And you're right. It's now, a bit of can't at this point. It's it won't. Don't want to. Don't want right. to. No, because they Instead, could just take the camera. Mo- they could even just take the front-facing camera module of the iPhone 12 Pro I've got here. Slap that; it's small. Stick that in your Mac; it'll give a much better picture. And so, what you've got, like you say, is you've got this um, what appears to be a MagSafe uh, adapter, doesn't it? The MagSafe's onto the back of your phone, clips to the top of your Mac. But it doesn't. Uh, it's not, yeah, it doesn't use MagSafe. To- Connect to the lid. It looks no, like it's got phone. some kind of lip that goes over on the phone. Yeah, but yeah. So it's got a secure the... connected to the back of the Mac. <laughs> no, it's like as she said, it's like a little lip, isn't it, onto the clips of the top of the screen. Um, but the the MagSafe adapter is what clips to your phone on the back. Now, I won't lie to you. I like this as much as I don't want to do it. What I do like about it though is the desk view, because if you are doing a tutorial or a video or something and you you yep. you know that ability to showcase what you're doing with your hands um on the desk now that's a really useful feature and you know we've all seen youtube videos haven't we before where 
you you know somebody demonstrating you know i don't know fixing something or whatever yep. so that it double screen so you know that's quite a good way to do it um but definitely i've got two questions for you one how much is this going to cost because that dongle isn't going to be cheap is it um and two will they allow third party manufacturers to build their own versions of that dongle because it was surely all... they, they did mention it was oh, i missed that bit okay all right okay because because actually none of this is going to cost you anything is it theoretically apart from the dongle yeah yeah exactly um, and the bigger question is and this is going to happen when your iPhone falls off your thing and breaks, is it covered not, by Apple Care? No, that's not covered in Apple Care. That's not covered in Apple Care. Um, it's so going to fall off. You're going to pick up your laptop without thinking. You're going to knock it. It's just going to fall off to the floor and break. Yeah, I know. I know. It, it... Do you need the adapter? Can I, in fact, just put my phone on a tripod and use the same thing? Because I no don't know. need the dongle. It's all software. But we'll see. They didn't release that information. No, um, I agree with you. I, I don't know. But I mean, I, look, all I'll say to you is I am quite interested to try it. Um, I, you know, I'm, for all the knocking of it, I'm interested to try it. I won't lie to you. Yeah, so, I'm definitely interested to see it. So I have used an iPhone as a webcam on a Windows PC before, using a bit of software from Elgato. It worked very, very well. It's very high quality. I just can't afford to have my phone up there all the time because I actually need to use it. No, you're granted. That's it. Um, so, along with the kind of the other the other updates we've kind of talked about with pass keys and some of the other features, again, Ventura hasn't had a massive uh, overhaul. I think this year compared no, to the, the mobile operating systems. There was but, one other security feature I saw though, um, was the fact that from that from Ventura, when you plug in a USB or Thunderbolt accessory, it's going to require the user's approval before the data channels are enabled, and it can speak directly to your Mac. Oh, that's quite cool. I missed that. It will charge but... if it's power. It, it was fine. It wasn't in the main speech. I'd picked up on the news later on. Ah, power okay. will work straight away. But if it tries to initiate any data connection, it will require the user's approval. Like you get on the... I'm sure you get on the phone now, don't you? Yeah, you do. It says, that's yeah. right, to use the USB accessory, doesn't it? You device have to... or something. Yeah, exactly. You have to approve it or trust yeah. it. Or whatever. Well, that's, that's coming to Mac as well. That do you know that's interesting? I wonder whether or not that'll be um, there'll be any APIs to have that in any of the management systems, you know, like Jamf or or any of the competitors. Oh, I bet there will be definitely um, because there is a whole set of companies that do endpoint security management that have uh, you know security, don't they, around managing USB drives and stuff like that. So They've all just been Sherlocked again. Well, they have some of them. Of course, have got tracking, but yeah, you're right. A lot of them, a lot of them have just been Sherlock, as you say there. Yeah. So the other thing that the other big update though to Ventura was around Metal, wasn't it? So that's Apple's um, yes. graphics uh, engine, isn't it? So oh, excuse me. Yeah. So they talked about gaming again, didn't they? <laughs> oh, God. It, even my son who watches it with me, he's like, he's twelve. He, even he goes. Apple don't really do gaming. Why are they showing us this no, again? No, they don't. They don't. They don't. <laughs> but they are introducing some upgrade to metal called metal fx upscaling aren't they uh so we've talked about uh amd's uh, fidelity super resolution and nvidia's uh dlss before this is apple's interpretation of it i couldn't work out if it was using any ai for the upscaling like dlss or whether it was just an image scaling process like uh, fsr I yeah I'm not entirely sure um but they have you know like you say this is gaming and apple and there are two this is not the same thing um 
the upscaling they did show some part actual is... 3D games though, didn't they? Yeah, I was gonna say the upscaling part is pretty good tech here, given the fact of like there is a lot of there is a lot of graphics capability built in the M1 um, chip yep, systems, definitely. and they are quite powerful GPUs compared to compared to their PC cousins. Um, you know, onboard if we were graphics. just yep. yeah, if we talk about onboard graphics, they are they are probably in many cases more powerful and have a lot more oh, than the onboard. Way definitely, definitely more powerful. Way more. But the leveraging that capability is something Apple really haven't been doing. But so yeah, you're saying AMD's um, Fidelity FX, and of course we've got was it uh, Nvidia's um, DLSS, DLSS. Um, capabilities do very similar, give you upscaling, give you sampling improvements mm. um, to improve your your gaming as well. But yeah, I'm not. So yeah, I'm not entirely sure because as you say, they demonstrated it with two games, didn't they? Um, one of which no was, Sky no, was it No Man's Sky. What was the other one? Resident, oh, Evil, Resident Village. Evil Village. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> so, did, so, did, you, did you watch that during the announcement? Did you get what I meant? Because I texted you when you were on your plane, didn't you? I yeah. Was like, it's not looking very smooth. No, No Man's Sky. Good. No Man's Sky. I don't know whether it was a video or what. Just, I mean, it, it looked like pretty. A frame dropped. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Yeah, um, it wasn't the slick I was expecting from an Apple event, and I thought no. maybe it was a YouTube video. But I watched the, uh, I watched the one on the Apple site later. It was the same. It very much looked like it was maybe running at twenty FPS, whilst the yeah. video was shot at thirty. And yeah, there was some frame drops. It, it definitely doesn't look as good as it does on the PC. Um, no, no. I mean, don't get me wrong. We, you know, PC with our RTX, you know, twenty series, thirty series. Are impressive. Yeah. It yeah. It didn't look. It looked very colourful. It was a great picture because again, you know, those displays are pretty stunning, aren't they? Yeah. But it didn't. It didn't look. It didn't look like you say as good as it could have done. Um, Given the games that they mentioned there, um, you know, was it uh, Resident Evil Village as well? And do that. So basically, you know, it's allowing you to render those more. I guess intensive screens, isn't it? You know, the more frames yep. that can be done, and again, it's leveraging you know new APIs that Apple have put together uh, for developers to take advantage of to, to to basically bring in a lot of the um, what's the word I'm looking for resources, you know, the the kind of yep. the, the the frames, the textures, all that kind of stuff. Again, I guess, I suppose if you think about Apple, the the distance from the memory and the storage to the chips. Is a lot shorter, and because of those pathways is, that they yeah. built and the busing and the buses they put in, you know, theoretically speaking, there's no reason why you couldn't have a better experience and load quicker than on an equivalent Windows system. But the, I don't yeah. know, just it isn't there. It just isn't there in my view compared to, you know, compared to the PC ecosystem. You're getting better. I, kind of, mm, I wish they'd not done metal and instead used an industry standard like Vulcan. Yeah, but Apple never do. They won't do that because of course, they in- would. What? Um, yeah, the type of problem is developers probably aren't going to develop their game for Mac OS. No, because they have to learn it all new again. If they'd done Vulkan, they could have just reported or whatever recompiled for Mac using the same Vulkan APIs. The majority of the work's done. You would have got a lot more games, more time spent on the actual optimization of those games to work slicker on the Mac rather than having to learn and optimize for another platform yeah yeah but, but we're never gonna do that so no they're not gonna do that they're not gonna do that 
so then let's because we are keeping the interest time hopefully if you're still with us you know thanks for sticking with us if not uh we'll keep talking anyway um so just a couple of things i guess that showed up um in mac os uh was well actually not just mac os um but of course alongside um ipad os is the new um Oh, what did I just call it? Security response, isn't it? So a new security response yes. system that's going to push out updates for iOS, iPadOS, and macOS. Then. Uh, so normally, obviously, we get full system patches, don't we, that come down you know, several do, hundred yeah. meg or gig, and it's a full install and a reboot, isn't it, across a device yep. platform? that's right. But this is changing that now, isn't it? Yeah. And we're getting so, security um... as a separate update. Is that right? They are very much like Microsoft do. So you get your security patches separate from your feature and your bug patches, and these are actually going to be installed automatically with no user input. They won't be. They said they won't require a reboot uh, at all. Though I suspect occasionally there might be. I mean, I'm, depending how fundamental the security issue is, I suspect sometimes you might have to do a reboot. But uh, they were saying no reboots at all. They will do this automatically. Take care of security for you. I like this. I think this is actually a feature that we probably could have done with a long time ago. Given, you know, the fact of uh, security patches becoming, I guess, a lot more frequent, aren't they? You know, to update against vulnerabilities, mitigate against, they are, you, know, yeah. uh, you know, new threats in the wild. And there's nothing worse than having to do a whole hard system reboot um, just to get those. So again, as you say, Microsoft's been doing this. Android already do that with Google. They have a, they've split the uh, sorry, Google do that with Android. Excuse me, the other way around. Uh, they split the uh, the updates out uh, to security and system patches. So again, I think this is a good way to do it. And given the fact that Apple are constantly now chasing, you know, new CVEs, you know, let's go look at the Pegasus situation of recent times. Yeah. This is definitely a better way for them now to push those out. Um, and again, you know, yeah. especially across, and again, it's across all of the, the platforms. So they haven't just said this is on Mac. It will support the mobile operating systems as well. So I'm uh, I'm pleased to see this. And this is something it I think about around. time. Yeah. About, um, yeah. About, yeah. That's a good way to really describe it. Definitely. definitely. Cool. Okay. So uh, what have we got left? So there's two other things, I guess. Uh, watch, watch OS, OS. then. Watch, yeah. Go on. Tell us about Watch OS then. As usual, it's all about health and fitness. So, uh, and there's some good ones actually. Uh, I really need to upgrade my watch, um, but of course, <laughs> yes. yeah, <laughs> I really need to. But fitness, we're getting expanded workout metrics, including heart rate zones, as well as more running specific data such as vertical oscillation, stride length, ground contact time, and power in watts. Um, we're getting ghost mode. Oh, well, that's what I've called it. Who remembers ghost? The ghost car and Ridge Racer. You know, you, you go around the ghost car was oh, yes. your previous lap record, wasn't it? And you can I race like, against it. <laughs> Stick with me here. This is what we're getting for your for your running. So you'll be able to any of the uh, running, not tracks, but, or routes you've done before, you'll be able to enable ghost mode. Apple are not calling it that. But basically, you'll be able to race against yourself. And you'll get updates telling you where you are. Are you ahead uh, of the pace, but behind the pace from your last time? You'll get voice alerts, uh, you know, all that to do with it. Sounds quite good to me. Uh, good. Uh, I think Ghost Mode, you should, we should get that trademarked. That's pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> Ghost Mode TM, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so this is definitely right. So this is a feature that showed up actually uh, in other, I think Garmin have got this capability on their mm. devices as well. So now, as you say, yeah. it has all that capability. You can also see zone information, can't you? So you can see your heart rate, you know, in the zone, yeah. if you will, that you're running. Uh, it also has multi-sport capability as well. So you can now, you know, I guess if you're doing a triathlon, um, triathlon or something like oh, that, yeah. it can swap between the, the sports that you're doing it, but still yep. continue to track you, which I guess is probably something at the moment uh, is missing. Well, I know it's missing because it isn't yep. there. 
Um, so all of those kind of capabilities there also updates again to the the workouts now can't as well so you can now set goals for your well, your cut, yes. your your pace your power uh, your heart rate again if you're looking to track your heart rate that's there as well and again as you mentioned all of those haptic alerts and feedback will come back as well so that's pretty sweet yeah. um the health was there was a sorry with the health yeah, side of things as well got, there um, was uh, better well, afib detection haven't we uh, that's the one of the yeah tracking yeah so, uh, so they're going to give you what was it? So that's uh, what they're giving you there. So a history feature to so give you estimates as to how long the user spends in AFib. Um, I didn't write too many notes down on that one. I wrote some more on sleep. So the sleep they're going to use the accelerometer and your heart rate data to track your sleep patterns for what stages you're on. Whether you're REM, this is kind of cool. Yeah, sleep. I like the look of that, and I think because the sleep tracking I use all the time, it's quite useful just to see yeah. understand you know when you're awake in that. But I think now if they can truly track those sleep phases uh i'd be keen to see you know like where Very am i deepest asleep yeah, yeah it's, it's just good to know the AFib part again if you write the, the tr- historical tracking there the ability to show that data again will be uh, to doctors uh, in the u.s because it's cleared by the fda mm. um hopefully that'll yep. be the same here in the uk um and again oh, there was medicine more app. medicine app that was the other one thank you so this is a part of the health app on the phone as well isn't it so you can now yes phone, uh, not just your watch yep put in the medications that you're on um, and it'll now tell you information about those med- medications. It also tells you what you should take with them as well. So it said, don't have. Well, that's the US only, though. The yeah, so I will. US only, but yeah, you can. It's put very your medicine cool, in, can't you? Uh, you can create <laughs> schedules and reminders. Just take your medicine as well, which I think is quite quite handy. Um, yeah, it's safe. We'll see more when that one comes out, but it was a nice little addition, additional app there. Definitely. Um, so WatchOS 9 will support the Watch Series 4 and obviously new devices. And, I think that'll uh, be my last yeah. one with the Watch 4. I think the last yeah. update I'll get. Oh, what was the other one? There was, a, that was it. there was a new UI update, wasn't there? That was it. I had somewhere. Uh, assistive oh, Touch. Banners. Yeah. Oh, not assistive. I was going to say the banners. So when you get notifications and you're, you're using your app, it's very annoying. It takes up the whole screen, doesn't it? So you're now going to get banners if you're actually using the watch at the time the notification comes in. So like, like the phone. So it doesn't say so if you're doing a, if you're doing some sport and you've got the tracking there, it doesn't remove the tracking off your thing. Like you say, no. it just pops up. So yeah, very good. The assistive touch piece now gives you, I think, was it uh, double pinching to pick up phone calls, stop workouts. Um, you can also control the phone on your. You can also control the watch on your phone as well now with uh, mirror screen mirroring. Ah. So again, more, more accessibility there as well. But yeah, definitely, uh, you know, another good update to the OS. Again, you're right. Some of this will re- probably require a new watch at some point, though, to get the best of the best of the world. I think so. I think so. So right, moving swiftly on, what else have we got? We got HomeKit. HomeKit, so, then, yeah. So a complete redesign for HomeKit, brief. wasn't there? Yeah, new redesign of the app from the ground up. Uh, they fi- they announced their support for Matter, which is the new industry Woo! standard coming out later in the year. <laughs> this was very interesting. So Corey Wang, who's their producer of human interfaces, said that Apple actually contributed HomeKit as the foundation of Matter. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, so Matt supports a lot of HomeKit's core principles, including the highest levels of security and privacy. Well, I did not know that. I knew they. I knew Apple was actually, a, a, I think, a founding member, uh, but I didn't realize they contributed a lot of HomeKit to it. I guess, you know, this is, you know, we, we bash Apple for standardization and things like that sometimes. But, you know, the truth is they do do a lot of work behind the scenes. I mean, USB-C was they one did. of the, you know, they contributed to that, didn't they, yep. quite heavily? Firewire. You say, Firewire, Matter here, of course. You know, so for their due... It would be good to see some industry standardization in the apps, and it clearly seems that the HomeKit is going to have all of that. Um, yep. And it does mean that they're going to bring in more capabilities, aren't they? More accessory support in HomeKit. 
I guess that have been missing in the past, I suppose. And, you know, if, if Matter supports it, Apple will too now then, I, I hope. We'll see how much of an open standard it is. Because I did see the announcement on Home Assistant, the, the automation platform I used for my house, that they're going to be supporting Matter soon. They're now part of the alliance as well. So we'll see how open the standard actually is. Yeah, like a lot of these things, it may depends on how far you want to go down the rabbit hole, isn't it? Um, I'll be going down that rabbit hole, definitely. Well, yeah, I'd uh, probably be following you, so I wouldn't worry. Leave some crumbs, I'll follow you down. Um, <laughs> so there's so the navigation in HomeKit. Oh, I was just saying to quickly say about HomeKit, though, the navigation's been added, because yep. one of the things was around um, new navigation bar at the top, because that's the one thing I find really struggle with HomeKit. So you now get like a kind of category categorization in your houses by okay. device type. Um, and there's also updates for camera support was in there now. So you now get... Yep. Um, uh, a view of all of your cameras as opposed to a stacked view uh okay. and what was the other thing i saw as well as again um i think there was something around the controls uh ooh, i can't remember my notes now i think yeah it was just around the controls there as well but yes sorry let's talk about carplay because this CarPlay? is well let's talk about carplay as in you can get today Right, so the car, carplay in ios 16 so yes normal carplay uh not a lot has changed normal uh, carplay <laughs> Normal CarPlay. So we, we get a couple of new app categories. So uh, and by categories, I mean categories of applications. Uh, so you'll be able to get fueling-based apps and driving task apps. I'm not sure what driving tasks apps are, but they'll be basically we're bringing more apps to the to the CarPlay interface. I think what they mean. I think what they mean by that is things like toll uh, payment applications. So like I guess uh, in the US, yeah. the toll apps. Uh, I think it also things like. Um, uh, you know, like road information, like uh, I guess speeding cameras or or, or okay. traffic and that cool. kind of stuff. That's what I think. Yeah, it's handy. I mean, there were some some updates to Siri to make it a bit easier to use Siri during the car, especially with, with relation to messages. Um, there was some podcast. The podcast app has been expanding its library. Oh, thank God, thank God, because I I use podcast app all the time when I'm driving, and it's terrible. But that uh, was about it for for for, for normal CarPlay. Uh, yes. Let's move on to next gen CarPlay <laughs> preview. Oh Probably. yes, this is this is this. this is grand groundbreaking, isn't it? From a it was desktop. so uh, the demo was great. I mean, a lot of a lot more modern new cars come with so many screens in there. Everything's got a screen. You've got a screen in front of your steering wheel. There's huge screens across the dashboard everywhere. Now CarPlay, the next gen, is looking to take over all of those screens, including the one in front of your steering wheel. Um, so yeah, you're going to be able to have take over your digital dash, um, completely customize it. So you're able to move around where your speedo is, your rev counter. Is that speedo digital? Is it analog? What color is it? Uh, what fonts are you using? <laughs> All those kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it's just taking over your entire car, and this is just CarPlay on steroids. And um, so this is very similar to what BlackBerry video. have with QNXO, isn't it? So the QNX operating system that BlackBerry have. Uh, powers a lot of cars today and this is it does yeah this is very as you say next gen this is unbelievable i mean the screens they showed of like the the dashboard you know with the steering wheel as you say and all that kind of stuff kind of made me think of um oh was it uh mercedes you know with their digital dashes across the whole um, of the mb saint mb ux or something yeah that's the one yeah. you know, where the whole it goes all the way along doesn't it you know very similar like, like that i mean this is impressive. None of it, again, is has not been seen before. I guess in some form or shape with other manufacturers, but and because we've, it's Apple... and we've talked about it before, haven't we? About that integration with the car systems to bring up the speed, uh, con- and not just that, control things. So control the aircon, the lighting in the car, all that kind of stuff from the CarPlay interface. It's very, very good. 
though I have a feeling this is more than just CarPlay. I mean, was it The Verge that reached out to all the manufacturers, wasn't it? To say, yeah, so they Apple listed supporting this, or when did, yeah, Apple listed a load, didn't they? They did. So basically, there were some big names in there. There were people like Land Rover, Audi, Ford, Porsche, uh, Polestar, Honda, Volvo, etc. Yeah. There was a lot of big names in there. Uh, so you know, coming it to, to launch. But as you say, they didn't go into too many details, did they, on no, when all this was no. coming? So the, the Verge reached out to a couple, and there was a good one from St- Stellantis, which is uh, Alfa Romeo, Fiat. It's the new name for them, and because they weren't on the the list of supporting people, and they went, "This is more, this is more of an Apple operating system for automotive applications Bingo. rather than a CarPlay upgrade." We have not made any announcements regarding this system at this time. Um, yeah, so, but that was very telling. This is more than just a car player. And it looks like it. it's going to require a lot of um, manufacturer input, I think. Is this Project Titan? That's the know. question. We've talked about it since the past. You know, there's always been these rumors about Apple making a car. And we've had the discussion in the podcast and offline that I'm not convinced they are. But I think they I'm want not. to take over the user experience of electronic systems within the car. I, I'm with you here. And this is this is where I'm starting to think you, this is what we're seeing here. Apple are not building a car. I don't think it makes any no. sense for Apple to get into the car business and build a physical car. But as you say, the controlling the ecosystem of that vehicle as you move seamlessly from your phone to your iPad, your watch, into that environment the same experience, the same ecosystem, the same application technology. Yeah. That is what Apple want. Apple want to own your life. <laughs> um, and I think you're right. The To do that, they need to be able to take control of the those systems in that car. And beyond CarPlay as an uh, extension of your phone, this, is, this isn't that. This is completely different. Um, and I, I wonder with all of the rumors that we've had, the reason that we're seeing all these big automotive names and people from the industry joining Apple isn't to build a car. It's to understand how to integrate this stuff into a car, isn't it? Um, yeah. I mean, they've always been terrible at user interfaces in cars. I mean, yeah. we've seen some crud in our time car in, uh, entertainment systems. I uh, look, it's pure speculation, as you say, and you know, whether or not this is something else, but given that statement, you know, that we've that come out to say it's something else. I can't help yep. but wonder, is this is this the glimpse into that world of what Apple are really doing in the automotive space? Until it comes out and we see a car running it, I don't know. But look, I mean, just take a real split second. Think about what they launched last year with the with the ability to unlock your um, the BMWs yep. and whatever with your phone, yeah? Yeah, I would have loved to test that, but they run out of components, so I couldn't <laughs> yeah. order it on the new car. But, but huh. that, being, that being that, right, so now... Imagine that you've got your your you know you've got your car you've got your watch you just walk up to your car it unlocks automatically because of the watch and the presence you get in the car again you don't it just turns on because you're wearing your watch or your phone yeah. it knows who you are so it adjusts all of the capability automatically to you so all of your apps all of your messaging everything is there as you go you, you know it tracks all of that as you're driving. Um, so, or, or anything information-wise is tracked. Everything about your journey times, you know, that kind of stuff is there. You have an emergency; the contacts are there. You get out. You, your partner, your wife, somebody else gets in that car. Again, 
the persona changes instantly to their preferences and not but you know i know bmws and other cars do that today with seating like you have to press a button don't you or, or it's it's mapped to the key isn't it it's built to the key fob yeah yeah but again those kind of system changes and that tracking again you know i just think it's something else you know i just think it, it there's so much more to this i could be wrong i could completely be wrong but i can't help but wonder is this is this the car where the where apple have been going down we're just seeing that now but again what we won't see though is anything beyond 2023 though is it it's <laughs> reality uh, late 2023 so really you won't be able to get it in a car till 2024 i mean no no i'm very excited by it i want to see where this goes i want it in my next car um if it actually looks anything like what they showed it looked amazing so uh yeah go watch the video of that Cool. Right then. So let's wrap up then with conversation on the M2, because the other big thing they announced was the M2 chip, which, to be realistic, was probably no surprise that they were going to launch an M2 chip. They they did make it very clear, didn't they, at the last event that the M1 um, family was was complete. Yep, they they were done. Uh, And it makes sense that the M2 was going to come sometime soon. So what have we got then? Well, we've got... um, a pretty much an improved M1 alliteration, the same way Intel AMD do their chips. Anybody else? You know, you get a new generation, and that's what you have with the you M2, do, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, so then, Carl, what were some of the call-outs? So what do we got? What do we got? Apparently an 18% increase in performance over the M1. Now, this is just everything's compared to the M1, not the Pro, the Max. No, I was just going to say, this is, yeah, the standard they M1 chip. They only released the M2, which is the new M1. They didn't release any of the other derivatives of it. So yeah, 18% uplift over the M1. Uh, the memory bandwidth jumped to 100 gig a second. Uh, I think it was 60 or around there on the M1. Uh, you can have up to 25 gigabytes of uh, uh, DDR5 memory. I think 16 was the max on the M1, wasn't it? Um, yes. What else did we get? Uh, we got a new 10-core GPU, um, which is 35% faster. Um Oh, what else? ProRes encode decode, 6K external display. It's now running on a 5 nanometer second generation technology from TSMC. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think what else we got there. I mean, it was just a lift up all round, wasn't it? Yeah, I was um, just going to say, none of that. The neural engine got a boost, didn't it? 40% increase it. in the neural yep. engine. Yeah, it was a, a nice, solid upgrade. Yeah, and I guess, you know, if, if you're in the market for picking up a new device you know the m2 chip makes sense and you know people can complain oh my god you know it hasn't been that long but this is no different to to amd or intel who do a, a yearly like, iteration two years. and and to be fair apple do exactly the same as well with or, or they were doing i should say with the the a lineup on their mobile yep. chips you know it's a new version so this is no different um so none of it's shocking you know again the one that kind of calls i caught my eye and i think you know we talked about this offline was the 24 gig support wasn't it of um memory and it was like 24 gigs a random well not a random number it was kind of an odd choice um but like you you said to me as we were talking before you think what they've done is they've popped in another eight gig uh memory module haven't they uh or support yeah, for another eight gig memory module another channel or they're using higher density yeah. chips i don't know how they've done it. i mean i think the m1 was using ddr4 versus well, using ddr5 so that was going to account for some of the memory bandwidth increase, definitely. But yes, you mentioned 24 is an odd number. Yes, it's a multiple of eight. So I imagine there's another memory channel, but I could be completely wrong. We don't have uh, the specs on that yet. No, and given that normally we go six, well, normally we've seen 16 gig, you know, so you go eight, 16, and then jumps to 32. Sorry, 32, yeah, 64, yeah. exactly. You know, I haven't run 24 gig. I actually can tell a lot. I've got one PC at home that's got 24 gig of memory in it. Um, 
but typically, you know, it's an unusual number. You don't tend to see that happening too often. Whether or not they will release a device with 24 gig of memory, I don't know. But it seems odd that they've announced you can it. Order on, you can order that on, on the new MacBook Air, which we'll talk about shortly. You can. Or it's, ah, I couldn't. I know. I, I must have. Well, I forgot to check that. So thanks for that. Yeah, okay. you can do. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I will say, though, that made me smile was it still only can support two external displays. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I wanted to know oh, sorry, on that one. Sorry. It still can only support, sorry, two displays, one of which is external, one is the display of the device. So actually, yeah, it can support one external display, up to 6K. They didn't, they didn't mention anything on the I.O. front, did they? No, because it's a load of, I'm not going to say the word because they're a family show. Um, I just don't get Frustrated. it. Frustrated. Yes, it's, it's, it is, but yeah. So then, to announce the release of the M2, they dropped some new hardware, didn't they? One of which was the Dude. MacBook Air, which has had a bit of a redesign. Yeah, it's a new chassis, got an improved display. It's got a better webcam. You still might need your iPhone, though. Um, it's coming in four <laughs> colours. Um, Hang on, let's the, be clear, though. the bright ones no, that John Prosser no. showed us. No, uh, it's, we've got silver, we've got space grey, we've got starlight, and we've got midnight, which is a very nice dark blue. I think it looks uh, very, very nice. I have to say, out of all the colours, the one I'd like to buy would be the midnight. Do you remember when they used to have the PowerBook lineup and they had they did a black and a white one? Yeah, they did. And yeah. the black ones always looked pretty sharp, didn't they? I know black is a very PC laptop colour, but Apple haven't had such a dark device for so many years. To I see one, black, it looks like a well, dark navy blue. I, I guess it depends the light that you're in um, and the screen you're viewing it on. Uh, I've not seen it in the flesh, but no, they're but, shipping MagSafe chargers in exactly the same color. So you've got a braided midnight color charger as well. It's very very lovely. Yeah, like I said, I just for me, given the fact we haven't had a dark Mac device for so long. It's just nice to see one, you know, compared compared to silver, which I'm still space grey. I'm going to pay grey. a premium though, because it's more expensive, isn't it? Oh, isn't it just? So then we've got uh, obviously the M2 chip in that. And uh, what's the starting cost of that? Wasn't it one twelve nine nine? Yeah, I think it was twelve nine nine, wasn't it? So As yeah, opposed to nine nine nine. Yeah, which is the original M1 powered MacBook Air, isn't it? But, you know, it is thinner. I mean, it is an exceptionally thin device. Uh, I think it was um, 11.3 millimeters in thickness, um, and it weighs. It's not square, it's not tapered anymore, is it? No, and it weighs 1.2 kilos. Uh, or for our American friends, 2.7 pounds and 0.5 inch in thickness, just for anybody that still lives in the Imperial world. Um, but yeah, they've lost, as you say, it's lost that wedge shape that kind of characterized the, the MacBook Air. Didn't. Do you remember that original, where was it, where, was it Steve Jobs? Or, or maybe it wasn't Steve Jobs. Come on, maybe he pulled it out of the envelope, wasn't it? Out of the manila envelope, you he know? Did. Ah, yes. Yeah, well, there were clues to that in the old, uh, the AR Easter egg, weren't they? For the, uh, there were, yeah. There was an envelope yeah. in there. Um, so yeah. it's still got that. You've got so it comes with I/O on it as well. Is you've got uh, no HDMI, no SD card, but you do get uh, two Thunderbolt ports and the headphone socket as well. Um, and well, the key, same old, same old. Yeah, and the keyboard supports Touch ID, which is good, and you also get the Force trackpad as well. So yeah, it's nice. Um, what was it? Same kind of screen as you know, 1080p. Sorry, the 1080p FaceTime camera. Um, compared to the last version of the Air. And again, we've got, uh, you know, updated speakers to support Dolby Atmos as well. So, I mean, for what you're paying for, it's a nice device, you know, in terms of that entry-level device. Um, the one interesting part with the charger, wasn't it, that it has two USB-C sockets on the charger, wasn't it? It does. 
but, but as we looked, it's only 35 <laughs> watts. You're not going to be charging your M2 MacBook. MacBook Air full power as well as your iPad at full power. Why do that? Why not just bundle in the 67 watt? Um, because, yeah, give you us know, a dual port said, 67 watt one. And, and don't Apple will probably the 67 port, 67 watt one will probably be bigger. But Apple, though, I don't understand because there are competitors out there who make gallium nitride chargers of similar tech of the same size, if not slightly smaller, and give you much more, you know, juice, Cheaper if you will. Than what yeah. you're charging for your 35 yeah. watt. But nice device, you know, nice to see. Again, if I was in the market for something, you know, entry level in the Mac space or wanted a small device, it does exactly what it says in the tin. Um, and I would be buying that darker color. I just wish you could get those in the other ones. But I wasn't the only bit of hardware then they dropped as well, was it? They no. did drop another Trouble. device. We, we, we got a Mac Pro, just a Mac we did. Pro and not the yes. Mac Pro we were really after because that was AWOL from the event. But yes. yep, they but, have uh, released announce a 13 inch macbook pro or oh, yep it's in the so same this... 2016 chassis with yeah i was just gonna button. say nothing really has changed with this one has it um no this is just an m2 chip exactly and just to be clear this is the entry-level macbook pro isn't it that uh you know it if is. you if you if you're buying a macbook pro and you want to get a mac and you don't want uh, you know the air this is what you get, as you say. It's got an M2 chip. Um, it, it comes with, uh, what's it, a 13 inch display, standard one, as you say. Um, two color sets again, nothing flash there. What was the, the um, uh, was it the memory? I think it was exactly the same memory offerings, wasn't it? Same. So you, yeah, it's so you exactly the same as the air, just a different chassis. So that's right, isn't it? And I think so you get uh, eight, eight, only eight gig. Um, but you get 256 or 512 of SSD storage again. So there's nothing different at all in that uh, view. Why haven't they redesigned this? I mean, the only reason I can think is they must have tens of thousands of these chassis floating around in warehouses somewhere they need to get rid of. And that's the only reason they haven't actually redesigned the 13-inch Mac Pro. I don't get it, because why would you offer it in the chassis that's not the same as the 21 design? I don't get it. As you say, no, like you say, beyond the fact, like you say, that they've got these knocking around somewhere, it just to me, it's just cheap. Does that make sense? I see that it doesn't feel that you're getting value for that, you know? Um, No, no, no. I'm. I think that's it. As as far as I, as far as I want to say on that, that's it. I don't want to. I don't want to really need a 13 inch MacBook Pro and not a 14 inch. Just go buy the 14 inch. Just go buy it's a 40 comparable inch. pricing. It's com- there's it really is. not a lot of money in it. And even it the is. MacBook Air, actually, by the time you spec it to a decent spec, buy the MacBook Pro. Not the 40 oh, inch, the 40 inch. God. <sighs> anyway, on that well, bombshell, I think we round this up now. I think we have. It's probably a good place for us to uh, wrap up for today. We've talked for quite some time. We've been on air for several hours. <laughs> um, I but I think we've covered... <laughs> the cover of the depth of it. You are going to get another cup of coffee. Um, we've covered the depth of what was at WWDC. Many more things were announced or will be announced as well in some of the sessions that we haven't covered. Yep. We'll pick up those announcements um, in the coming shows in the weeks. But we'll be back next week for episode 92, uh, where we'll be back on our usual schedule of uh, tech news, stories, and information. You, of course, can find us uh, at techrant.online, which is all of our show notes and information. And again, on Twitter at Weekly Tech Rant, where again, uh, we post our show notes, links, and you know, like us, give us a subscribe, drop us a comment. 
I have met this week one of our subscribers in person. Yes, one of them. It may be the only subscriber. Who knows? But I've met one of our subscribers in person this week. So good to do that and get out and about. But yeah, I think that's it. So I've been Jay. I've been Carl. Have a good evening all.